You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Boston College. This is AJ Black. I'm your host. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you had a great week and are looking forward to a great weekend here in Boston. The weather looks great. On today's show, we're going to continue on our discussion about the upcoming 21 season for Boston College with previews of Syracuse and Louisville. Now, I was going to jump into news, but there really isn't any news. Now, if you're listening on Friday, obviously Boston College's summer camp has opened up. And I think that's the biggest topic to talk about. So we'll kick it in to gear with that. Now, we're heading into camp and we on BC Bulletin, my website, we kind of jumped into five of the biggest questions heading into camp. And I kind of want to review those and kind of give you my perspective. Uh, now, you know, camp, there's lots of things that go on. We've talked about this before where, you know, they're doing drills, they're learning the playbooks, they're, they're getting things on onto, um, onto the field and, and really developing their team. But there's some th- certain aspects I think Boston College needs to work on, and uh, we put them up on the site. So the first one is the running game. Now, Boston College needs to figure out a way to get the running game more in line with the passing game. Obviously, passing last year with Phil Dracovic, he did everything. And, and Dennis Grossell, too. It's, it's important to, to bring up both of these guys. Uh, but running, they only averaged 3.1 yards per carry last year. And it wasn't very good. I mean, obviously, Boston College couldn't run the ball. It was a major issue. And they just didn't have the right horses to do it. This year, hopefully, will be different. And there's a bunch of reasons why that could happen. Now, David Bailey's gone. He was not the right fit for this offense. You bring in uh, Xavier Coleman. You bring in Alex Singfield from West Virginia. To go along with Pat Garwo and Travis Levy, and hopefully you have guys that fit more into Frank Signetti's system. Now, that should change it. And along with that, the offensive line should be better, too. Add that all together, you should have an off uh, running game that plays better. The second thing to watch for during summer camp is the linebacker play. This is going to be the big one. I, if I was going to put one through five, the linebackers to me are the big one because I don't know the answer to this. Who's going to be the starting two linebackers? Now, someone asked me on Maroon and Gold forums yesterday, like, who, AJ, who's going to be the starting two linebackers? I have my guesses, but really, it could be anyone. It could be... You, there's like nine different guys. It could be any combination of them. It could be Isaiah Graham Mobley, the linebacker from Temple, Vinny DePalma, who's been on the team for a few years, or Hugh Davis, who we have not seen step up yet as a linebacker in the starting rotation. Or it could be some of the newer characters like Cam Arnold, who was sa- a safety last year, or Bryce Steele, a freshman, or Owen McGowan. I mean, there's millions of different combinations that Boston College could have at linebacker. Now, my guess if I was a betting man right now, my linebacker guess right now is Isaiah Graham Mobley and Vinny De Palma. That's my guesses for the linebackers to start the season. Now remember, they're going with a 4-2-5 defense. Again, four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, but that's my guess. And uh, that was the other one. The other piece, they got to they gotta clean up situational football. Now, I put up on the website some of the stats, and it was mind-blowing. The big one for me that I, I, you know, I looked at it, and I was like, wow, that is a big issue, was their third down defense. And it's not just third downs get, you know, stopping them, because they, they weren't that bad in third down defense. They were 65th in the country out of 130. So they're like right at 50. Not elite, but not good either. But 
you look deeper at the stats at third down and the bigger issue was, yeah, they were at 50% or, or at the 50th percentile. They were almost dead last in the country on fourth down. So basically what ended up happening was even on those position on those times when they stopped a, a team on third down, it would be fourth and manageable and the team would go for it and they got it 13 out of 16 times. So that basically then you wash away all those third down successes and you all of a sudden get a team that's in the bottom half and they struggled there. BC needs to figure this out. They need to be able to be able to get off the field. They need to be able to get down on, out on third down, get three and outs and get the ball back. So that was a big one too. Another piece, who is going to take over Hunter Long's shoes? Now this was not a look at tight end. I've talked about that at length. I think it's going to be Trey Berry, a combination of Trey Berry, Charlie Gordonier, and um, Spencer Witter. And Joey Lucchetti probably will be playing a little bit too. But that's not my question. It's who's going to pick up Hunter Long's catches. And there's, it's a specific type of catch because Hunter Long was basically Phil Dracovic's safety blanket, right? Anytime Phil Dracovic was in, in under pressure or you need to get the ball to somebody quick, he'd get it to Hunter Long. Now, you could use any combination of players to do that, right? To be his security blanket. You could have a wide receiver. You know, Zay Flowers could be his, his security blanket. I don't think so because it's not the type of player he is, but maybe it could be Kobe White. Maybe it is Trey, maybe it is Trey Berry or a running back. Someone's going to need to be able to be that person that when things get tough, Jakovic can look their way and get the ball. And I'm interested to see who that could be. And finally, I want to see the offensive line and see how they kind of put things together. You know, last year they were they had a, they had a lot of expectations. They were returning four starters along with Christian Mahogany. Now they're returning all five. But more importantly, there was a few factors this year that they didn't get to do last year. They got to train for a full year. They learned Matt Applebaum's system. They got to train with him. They did the weight training with Phil Matus. They should be good there. On top of that, the players go back to basically their 2019 position. So you have Zion Johnson sliding back to guard where he should be. You have Ben Petrula, who I called on the website our Swiss Army Knives because that's what he is. He could play literally anywhere. They got him at tackle. Tyler Vrabel goes back to tackle. They're in good shape. Now, how they t- they play now in this new position is important to watch. Maybe the change to a more pass-heavy offense was what the challenge was last year, and, and we'll see more of that this year. Or maybe it was just those little things that I just mentioned that caused the mistakes. Whatever it will be, we're going to find out at camp. And as I said, I'm going to try to make as many camp practices as I can. I, I have two kids at home. It's a little bit challenging for me, but the ones I can go to, I will go to. So in a moment, we're going to talk about the upcoming game against Louisville. But before we do that, let's chat a little bit about the Locked On ACC podcast. If you haven't checked out the Locked On ACC podcast, you are missing out. It's hosted by Candace Cooper and a rotating host of co-guests, including yours truly, AJ Black. Now, we talk about everything ACC. So if you want to learn big, big conference-wide topics, hear me talk about Mackenzie Milton or or uh, Georgia Tech football. I talk about all these different things. You're going to want to check out Locked on ACC. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Just type it in, Locked on ACC. You'll find it. Hit subscribe. I think you'll really enjoy it. I hope you give it a chance. But let's also chat about Bilt Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's 100% covered in chocolate, and it is delicious. If you haven't tried one, you need to check it out. And make sure that if you have not checked out the grasshopper cookie one, you need to find it if it's still available. 
They have some new ones coming out. I just got a text about Rocky Road, which sounds amazing, but I haven't tried it yet, so I can't uh, promote it yet because I, I got I to gotta get my hands on some first. But when you try these bars, whether it's Coconut, Cherry Barcia, they are good. And they're, check out the macros on these. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and it is delicious. It doesn't have that chalky, uh, gross feeling that you get from some of those other protein bars. It really does taste like a candy bar. Now head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. I want to thank all of you that went over to our YouTube page and hit that subscribe button. We had uh, about 25 new names pop up, and that's great. It's a great first day. And, you know, it's just our episodes that are going up on YouTube. You can check them out there if it's an easy way for you to do it. But what I want to surprise you, I want you guys to remember is I'm going to do things that you won't find on the podcast on that channel. Whether it's a quick game recap, I'm going to do that. I will do um, what's called Locked Nows, Locked On Nows, which is, you know, if BC lands a commitment, I'm going to put up a five-minute quick video where you can hear my thoughts on that commitment. So you need to head on over to Locked On Boston College on uh, YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Again, subscribe is free. So if you've never hit YouTube, used YouTube before, Sign up really quickly for an account. Those are free as well. And just hit subscribe and boom, you'll get all of our content sent directly to you. Um, And it's a great way to help the podcast if you enjoy it. So check that out. Now, we're talking about BC's upcoming schedule. We have gone over the first, I think, five games. And now we're moving on to the Louisville and Syracuse games. First, we get Louisville. And Boston College heads to what used to, I was almost called it Papa John's Stadium, but I think it's now called Louisville Stadium for their homecoming game. So it's going to be a little bit uh, rowdy there as that's a big game, obviously, for the Louisville faithful. Now, Boston College beat Louisville last year in a game where Phil Jakovic left with an injury, but Dennis Grossell continued the, the march against a Louisville team that couldn't stop turning the ball over. It was an uncharacteristic game uh, season for the Cardinals as Malik Cunningham did not, he just felt, he rocketed to earth. I thought he was a quarterback that was ascending to be a star in the ACC. He just was sloppy with the ball. I talked to a lot of Louisville reporters who were really surprised at how poor he did last year. Now, can they fix that? That's the big question because Cunningham has what it takes to be a quarterback if he can clean up those mistakes. Can you do it? And that's a big question. I'm not sure he can. Um, that's going to be a big issue to move on. You know, he had 2,600 yards last year and 12 t- touchdowns, but he turned it over 15 times. Now, they've lost a ton of talent on the offensive side of that ball. They lost uh, Javian Hawkins, Tutu Atwell. The uh, other wide receiver, Des Fitzpatrick, is gone. So you have Louisville really rebuilding that offensive line and the offensive I mean the offense and the offensive line is still a question mark too so what I'm saying this is I see a lot of praise for Louisville and they've done you know Scott Satterfield's done a nice job recruiting there I just don't see it yet and I don't I don't get the praise for Louisville because they were bad last year and they were sloppy I don't know if they're going to be able to turn that around. Now, their defense for the Cardinals is something else that you would want to look at. Um, they, you know, they were third in the ACC, only allowing 369 yards last year. But their linebacking core 
um, also left. So they're they, just like Boston College, they lose two of their big linebackers and they're going to have to rebuild there. Uh, but where's the strength of Louisville on that defense? It's the defensive backs. They have probably one of the best defensive backs in the entire ACC in Kytrell Clark. Uh, he broke up 10 passes last year. Really, really good. So that matchup looks good for Louisville, right? Obviously, Boston College's strength is the ability to pass the ball. You throw Kytrell Clark on Zay Flowers and you put you know Chandler Jones, their other good defensive back, on you know whoever else, and all of a sudden, Jakovic might have some issues. So this is a game that I think, when I look at it, the road piece worries me that Malik Cunningham uh, last year, as bad as he was and as much as he turned that ball over, they almost beat BC. So they just need to clean it up a little bit if they're gonna if that's the case and they could beat the Boston College. This to me strikes this one stinks to me like trap game. That like I said that BC will beat NC State. Um, there's just uh, you know the way Louisville is set up, you know they're speedy. I, it's on the road. I don't like this matchup. I don't like Boston College's chances here. So I've only I've only handed out one loss to Boston College so far, and that was against Clemson. My second one is coming against Louisville. Um, I just don't see them beating him. Now this again, this is not a game where I'm saying that oh, definitely Boston College is going to lose this. They're done. They're not going to win it. I could see them winning this game. They're going to just I have to see where this defense is at. If the defense is like it was last year, they're going to be in trouble. Because if Cunningham can kind of clean up his act a little bit, he's the kind of quarterback that eats the Boston College alive. However, if Cunningham is still turning the ball over and they can't figure it out and they lost too much weapon too many weapons on offense, maybe Boston College can win it. So, going into this, I'm going to give Boston College a 45% chance of winning this game. Just right now. And again, I've talked to, you know, Dan Rubin, you've, you've heard him on this podcast before. He raced for bceagles.com. He, me and him talk a lot. And one of the things he always says is you can you can promote project as much as you want at the beginning of the season. Everything changes. You, and then when you look at the end of the season, you say, hey, that game, I never thought Boston College had a chance. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm going to give Louisville the chance, uh, I, the 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 um, the odds of winning this game is a little bit higher than Boston College. In the moment, we're going to talk about Boston College getting back in the winning winning column when they play against Syracuse, and we'll talk a little bit about that game and where the Eagles are in terms of the Syracuse matchup and where the uh, Orange are. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I gave out a loss for, uh, just a moment ago to Boston College against Louisville. Talked about the Cardinals and how they stack up against BC and why they could be an issue for the Eagles. Now let's get into a game that I have Boston College winning easily, and that's BC's third trip in a row up to the uh, Carrier Dome. Now, the Carrier Dome for a while has been a house of horrors for the Eagles, but BC has won two in a row. Uh, If you remember correctly, BC scored, I think it was 57 points or something like that, uh, in 2019 when they went through the Carrier Dome and just absolutely torched Syracuse's defense to the point that the Orange fired their defensive coordinator. Now, flat, fast forward to net last year, and Syracuse hosts again. They can't figure out their quarterback situation. Tommy DeVito's out. They have a backup quarterback in. He looks terrible. But Boston College has to go in basically, and it's not even basically, with Phil Dracovic with one arm and beats Syracuse 16-13. Now, when you look at this matchup again, 
do you think that Syracuse is going to be able to turn it around? Now, the biggest issue I see for the Orange is something that I'm surprised about, which is their recruiting. Now, Boston College and Syracuse, when in my mind, before you know the last couple of years, have always been kind of in a level playing field in terms of how they recruit. Not anymore. Under Jeff Halfley, he is out-coaching the hell out of Dino Babers. Dino Babers is not even in the same class right now as Jeff Halfley. BC is getting recruits that Syracuse can't even dream about. Now, you look at some of the big names that Syracuse has brought in in terms of recruiting, and they have tanked hard. Tommy DeVito has not been able to stay healthy because Syracuse's offensive line has been terrible. But I don't, I don't buy in him at all. I just think he's, he's not it. Now, um, they brought in Garrett Schrader, a quarterback transfer from Mississippi State, who's a bigger kid. I don't know if he can do it. I don't think so. But maybe Syracuse goes through a different, you know, maybe they figure out a different system because they have Sean Tucker, who is probably their best ta- talented player on offense, who rushed for 626 yards last year. And then, you know, you look at the defense, and the defense was poor too, but, you know, they, they when they played BC, they looked like barn burners because BC <laughs> couldn't have a quarterback who could throw the ball. So I, when I look at this, you know, Syracuse, they were 1-10 last year. Dino Babers does not look like the wonderkin that everyone thought he would be. I, I, I am leaning more and more into the camp that that year that Syracuse, I think it was 2017 or 18, that they made the Orange Bowl was not because of Babers in his awesome offensive system that goes so fast. I think it was because of Eric Dungy, their quarterback. I buy more and more that Dungy was a special quarterback, at least at the collegiate level, and that he just worked in the system perfectly, and that Syracuse hasn't been able to find that again. Um, so I have Boston College in this game big. Um, as long as Jakovic is healthy, there's no reason why Boston College can't win this game. Now, I know that there is a bit of a rivalry here, so um, a lot of times when you talk about rivalries, you want to throw out the stats, you want to throw out everything because anything can happen. But when I look at BC's you know, offense and their ability to score points, and I look at Syracuse's defense, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. And B- Syracuse's offense is not good. <laughs> and that BC's defense should be enough to slow that down. I mean, they're, they're not going to, I just don't see them putting up points. I just don't see Syracuse doing it. And when I look at Syracuse in my preview, not only do I have Boston College beating Syracuse and beating them pretty easily, I, I, you know, we'll talk about Justin Fuentes in a little bit uh, in a future episode about the coaching hot seat. Dino Babers to me is, is his seat is getting red hot. Because Syracuse seems listless right now. This is the second year in a row. You know, 2019 was the second year in a row, excuse me, where they just were not good. They're not good. And if they're not good again this year, and all signs point to them not being good, that's three years in a row that he's been bad. Does Syracuse move on from that? Or do they continue to fire assistant coaches and try to figure out something new? Um, I don't see it with him. I just, I'm not buying on Syracuse. I have Boston College at like an 87% chance of winning this game. I think they, they win it easy. Unless something fluky happens at Syracuse or Jakovic gets hurt and they continue to play him hurt. Side note, they should have played Dennis Grossell in that game. I don't, I'm not going to get into that, but he should have played that game. Um, so that's my thoughts. So now we're heading into the second half of the season. In my, on my system, I have Boston College at six and two. 
going into, you know, they have games. Still, we still have games against four more games to go. How can Boston College win three more? You're going to have to check out our show next week where I tell you how they win three more games, and we'll go from there. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. Uh, next week, we'll continue our track down the uh, game previews. We might only do one a week uh, a, a day for the first part of the week as we jump into practice. I'm going to get into all the things that come up during practices and practice conferences. You're going to want to hear that. Uh, so you're going to want to check out our podcast for that. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. And check out my work at bcbulletin.com. We have a premium service at bcbulletin.com where I write specific articles about recruiting that you're not going to find anywhere else. It includes uh, commitment posts, scouting reports, uh, interviews with the kids. I have an interview with Ronan Hannafin, spelled differently than Noah Hannafin. I found that out. I looked it up. Who is a Massachusetts recruit that you're going to want to know about. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to have a whole interview with him up after his visit to the Boston College Barbecue. Again, it's $1 for that first month. If you have not checked out BC Bulletin Premium, you got to check that out. Uh, And, you know, as I said before, check out our YouTube page. I hope you enjoy all of our work. And thank you all. I'm really excited that the season's about to start. We have so much content, so much fun things that are going to go on on uh, Locked On Boston College and BC Bulletin. And I hope you're there to... have have the fun with us because it's gonna I think it's gonna be a special season. So take care everyone. Have a great weekend and I'll see you all again soon.